It was just me and Victor home one Friday evening. Victor's my dog. I jumped in the shower, hoping to decompress after a long day of work. I was having one of those days where I needed silence. No TV in the background, no music playing, and no FaceTime calls from one of my friends trying to fill the house with our foolish banter. And yes, not even a peep from Victor, who I can always count on to keep it quiet. He's such a good dog. Unless, of course, he hears someone at the door. Then at which point he would make his presence known. But on this particular evening, he did just that. While covered in soap sets, my precious dog begins barking and whining, warning me of an unfamiliar noise outside. As I frantically put on my robe, I'd watch him run towards the front of the house where the strange noise was coming from, and then back to me, indicating that he wanted me to follow him. But I wasn't expecting anyone. Not even my usual Amazon delivery. I, scared as hell, checked the front of the house and outside, but no one was there. This isn't the first time Victor has made false alarms. But this time... My reaction was different and quick. It was a manifestation of what I had already been dwelling on. Images of Botham Jean grabbing ice cream out of the refrigerator and Atiana Johnson playing video games with her nephew play in my mind like flashback scenes from a haunting film. I was scared. It had only been a few days since Atiana Johnson's killing. She could have been me. It had been over a year since both of Jean's murder, but the wound was still fresh. I did not feel safe. I was afraid in my own home. This is anxiety. Anxiety has plagued me for as long as I can remember, but I didn't know that it was anxiety. I thought that I just worried too much or that I was overly cautious and super paranoid. It wasn't until I started seeing a therapist that I realized that what I thought was normal was actually a problem. According to Psychology Today, anxiety often involves worrying to an intense, excessive degree. Those worries can apply to any aspect of life, from social situations and family dynamics to physical health and professional concerns. Anxiety is crippling and it ruins your concentration. It keeps you from enjoying the simple things in life, the things that we shouldn't take for granted. For some of us, anxiety may be that thorn in our side that never truly goes away. So at this point, you and I both know that I'm not a licensed mental health professional. And if you need help, I suggest you see a therapist or a counselor, or you can visit the Anxiety and Depression Association of America website And for goodness sake, please try and not self-diagnose. In this episode, I want to discuss ways that we can keep anxiety from affecting our productivity. Number one, guard your heart. We are without a doubt in the information age. Every second of every hour, it seems as if there is a shooting or police brutality against unarmed black and brown people. Racism is becoming more overt. There's division in every area. World leaders are going at it on social media. Chaos in the White House. Our earth is in pain and on fire and is dying because we've abused her. 
Food is becoming more and more unsafe for us to eat now. I mean, like, really, what can we eat that hasn't been recalled? Life is just crazy. And just add all of this on top of the personal things that we go through. None of this is new, but because we easily share information now, it seems like we're facing hell right in the face. It's a lot. And you know how I know? Because I have struggled with finding the balance between wanting to stay current on everything and wanting to go off the grid. If I can be honest, my increased anxiety because of information overload has affected a lot of my decisions. But I learned that there comes a point in time where you have got to turn the TV off and put the phone down because that is no way to live and there is no way anxiety can have the upper hand. What comes in through your ear gates and your eye gates will eventually find its way in your heart and your mind, I've learned. I don't know about you, but when I'm anxious, I can't focus. And when I can't focus, I can't function. And to be productive, you must guard your heart. You have got to protect your heart and your mind at all cost. This looks like sleeping with your phone on the other side of the room or not checking your timeline and news feed first thing in the morning, limiting your time on the consumption of media and avoiding negative and unproductive conversations. I'm not saying that we have to become ignorant to enjoy life because ignorance is not bliss. Just know your limit. What you fill your mind and ears with will consume your heart and your thoughts. Speaking of thoughts, number two, manage your thoughts. Okay, so this is one of my favorite topics because I've experienced firsthand what managing your thought and your thought process can do for anxiety and other things. Take some time after this episode to listen to the Managing Your Thoughts episode from the previous season. Number three, channel negativity into something positive. The conservation law of energy says that energy can neither be created or destroyed, but only change from one form into another or transfer from one object into another. I think this goes the same for what I call your focus energy. Not to be confused with that Pokemon or whatever. Focus energy is simple. I define focus energy as where we're expelling and directing most of our mental energy and attention at one time. Keeping what I've learned about physics and neuroscience in mind, it's totally possible to let something negative be used as fuel to do something positive. It's literally transferring your focused energy from one matter to another, from one problem to another, from one feeling or emotion to another. It breaks my heart when I read of wildfires and rare earthquakes and devastating hurricanes. It causes me anguish when I see birds and animals of the sea tangled in plastic, I get really sad knowing that our glaciers are melting. Sometimes I feel helpless and hopeless because I alone can't fix it and I can't make everyone care about it. And then I remember that none of this should take me by surprise, but even still, it really sucks that for the time being, I have to live in a world like this. And when I keep thinking about all these things over and over and over, it makes the anxiety worse. But I can't dwell on the negativity because then I would be rendered useless, right? I could easily say, what's the point? We're all doomed. So what do I do? I turn those negative feelings into something positive. We may not hold the same faith and values, but for me, I believe that I have a responsibility to honor God and honor what he has already established, the earth, and do my part to treat it well while it is still here. Recycling, using less plastic, going to restaurants with my reusable fork and spoon, driving a Prius, 
All of that stuff won't make a dent in the global efforts to fix climate change. But knowing that I'm in line with what I feel is my moral responsibility makes me feel a whole lot better. It's my way of managing the anxiety. Although I may not make a dent, I am finding a way to turn the negative feelings into something positive. There are so many terrible things happening in our world, but there are just as many, if not more, ways to get involved with the cause. This can look like finding a healthy outlet to express yourself, getting involved with local or county government, sharing tips with others, lending an ear to another person, having an enlightening and healthy conversation with people who do not share the same views as you, and giving your talent, treasure, and time to serve the need of others. All of these are great ways to help you keep from dwelling on the negativity. I do believe that there are ways to cope with it without it worsening our anxiety and it affecting our productivity. We can still be functioning people in this world even amidst the scary issues that we face. Can I tell you a secret? You know that Netflix series, When They See Us, directed by Ava DuVernay? I haven't seen it yet. I know, I know, I know. I've heard that it's good, and I believe it is. I started it, and from what I saw from the first couple of episodes, Ava did a phenomenal job. But I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I know me. Watching this series would have resulted in nothing but anger for me. Black people in America have faced being ripped away from their countries and families, forced into slavery, dehumanized with Jim Crow laws, beaten and sprayed with water hoses, shot, unlawfully pulled over and disproportionately imprisoned, turned down for jobs and housing, have the police called on us for no reason, and every day we are reminded of our second-class citizenship. Every day we are reminded that our men and boys are not safe and that our women are overlooked, mishandled, abused, and kidnapped. Anxiety for Black people is real. Black anxiety is real. This is something we face day-to-day just on the simple fact that we exist. But what's even more real is that we have the power to change what we do with that anxiety. We can either let it take us out or we can fight to make the world a better place for our children. We don't fight with our hands, but with our minds and our drive to produce a better life for all people. When I feel overwhelmed, I remember this scripture. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you or someone you know is suffering with anxiety, encourage them to see a therapist if they can afford to, or talk to a trusted friend or family member about what they're feeling. There are plenty of resources out there that can help. Thanks for listening. Until next time.